Ananjana Shalakaya Chakshurin Militang Jaina Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. Kankaroti Vachalam Pangum Langhayate Girim Yakrapa Tamahang Bande Shri Gurundi Nataram. Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Staputam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupa Kadama Yandadati Svapadantika Chakalpatarubhyas Chakrapasindhobhyevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Mohunam Welcome back, I guess, to our regular, uh, our resumption um, of our regular programming, the uh, holiday Madhuban specials have now uh, ended and it's back to us. And um, so I want to continue, it looks like we have a nice intimate group today. Um, I want to continue uh, the discussion of Guru Tattva, uh, especially as framed by the first three angas of, of Vaidhi Sadhana Bhakti uh, given by uh, Srila Rupa Goswami in, the, in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Um, so previously, uh, last time I spoke um, generally about the, um, uh, about the importance of, um, oh, Sakyarati, we don't have a, a an interpreter, so I don't need to worry about that. It looks, I don't see the button, so I guess we're... Yeah, not yet. If someone okay. comes in doing the call. Okay, so when I see the button, then I should do the needful. Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you. Um, so last time we spoke, uh, I spoke rather generally about the, um, uh, the importance of, uh, of the spiritual master um, in, in the life of the sadhaka. And uh, you know, we discussed many verses um, from, from the scripture and some of those will come up um, again today. Essentially though, uh, the guru is meant uh, for someone uh, who, who's attained the human form of life and um, has some interest in, um, has some interest in bhakti, um, is at least open, uh, somewhat open to receiving bhakti uh, because of past impressions, because of back, uh, past um, uh, bhakti sukriti. Uh, this is not an ordinary kind of good fortune that brings us um, under the influence of the Swarup Shakti through the agency um, of the guru. But, um, it's, and, and sometimes we've made the point that uh, it's not the case, not necessarily the case that um, everyone uh, needs a guru. Just as we saw, we'll, we'll see this verse in a little bit, uh, the verse from the uh, early part of the 11th canto. Tasmad gurum prapadyeta jignyasushaya uttamaha shabde parecha nishnatam brahman yupashamashaya. Therefore, one requires a spiritual master. So that tasmat, as I mentioned before, um, refers to something before. It has an antecedent. And that antecedent is the sage. Um, oh, I need to go back to the graphic that, um, that Sakyarati and Sean put together for me. Oh, by the way, before we go any further, um, happy birthday, Shamananda. Thank you. <laughs> we're, we're very happy you came to join us in this world and, and in the Sangha of devotees. So, um, and uh, those of us who can't be there, uh, I, I know we all miss you. Thank you. Uh, I'm happy to spend my birthday hearing from you. Oh, well, let's, let's hope I can make it uh, an hour well spent then. Um, so uh, tasmat refers to something previous, and I think it's the sage hubby. Um, it's either hubby or cubby, I believe. Um, 
who in answering uh, one of King Nimi's questions um, said that, you know, once, uh, once we've understood the scam that is the material world, once we've, uh, once we've come, to, come to the understanding that we actually have nothing real to gain from um, uh, our endeavors for, well, as it's, as it's put by our acharyas uh, repeatedly, bhukti and mukti any kind of self-interested endeavor. Um, we, once we come to the understanding that these things will ultimately frustrate us, they won't actually satisfy us, then, um, then and we understand that they're really, uh, that the material world really is what Krishna says um, in two words in the Bhagavad Gita, Dhukalaya Masashvata. Um, uh, it, it's a place where uh, we suffer, uh, and everything's temporary. Now, fortunately, that means the suffering is temporary as well. Uh, but um, also, the pleasures uh, that you know that we um, encounter are all temporary. So, once we understand that, and that it's it's our um, uh, attachment to to being. Um, comfortable in this world, to enjoying the resources of this world, that that is, as, uh, as Krishna says, dhukha yonaya evate. There's certainly the source of our misery. That attachment is the source of our misery. That idea that we might have something to gain here after all, uh, that is actually the source of our suffering. So to the extent that um, we've given up such um, misconceptions, uh, then uh, we are in need of a spiritual master. So tasmad gurum prapadeta jigyasu shaya uttama chabde parecha nishnatam brahmanir prashamashra. So we'll talk about that in a minute. So we talked about these things generally last time. <clears throat> and today I need, uh, because, of, uh, because of my missing a day, um, I have to discuss the, the first two of these three first items of, of sadhana bhakti together today. Um, so the first three, uh, also to, to recap, um, when um, Rupa Goswami discusses the 64 angas of bhakti, he does it, he has it organized in, in um, a very intelligent way. So the first 10 that he discusses are the vidhi, uh, what we might call the do's. And the uh, second 10 items he discusses are the nisheta, uh, the prohibitions, so the don'ts, the things, that, the angas of bhakti that we observe uh, by uh, not doing. And uh, Rupa Goswami tells us after this list of 20 angas, he says, these 20 angas are the door to the temple of bhakti. These, these angas, accepting these angas, um, gives us access to the other angas of bhakti. And then he says, um, and of these 20, the first three are the most um, crucial. Um, they all have to do uh, with the spiritual, with, with uh, the guru, directly with the guru. So, um, so they're uh, guru padashayas, taking shelter of the lotus feet of a guru, um, diksha shikshadi, um, accepting initiation and instructions um, in the practice of bhakti uh, from the guru, and uh, vishrampena guru of seva, uh, serving the guru uh, with reverence, it's, uh, as it's often put, but there, uh, I'll talk more about that next week because there are other elements to the, uh, to the service of the guru that are suggested by the choice of the word vishrampa. Um, but we'll, we'll save that for, for next week. So these three items of, of, of bhakti are absolutely crucial. They're not to be neglected. Uh, they're not to be um, minimized. Uh, this is how we get access. Um, this is how we get access to Krishna bhakti. As Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur explains in his Madhurya Kadambani, um, 
uh, pointed out several times, he begins with a rather elaborate argument. Um, uh, yeah, rather elaborate argument uh, about just how um, independent Krishna is. Uh, and what that all adds up to is that he's absolutely 108% um, independent. And he does that to make the point that Bhakti is every bit as independent as Krishna. Um, I might sometimes add, uh, at least as independent um, as Krishna. Because uh, there's a, a verse in the Vedas that tells us only Bhakti has the power to show us Krishna. Only Bhakti has the power to bring us near to Krishna. And only Bhakti has the power to control Krishna. Therefore, Bhakti is the most powerful thing of all. So Bhakti Devi, Bhakti is very, uh, is absolutely independent. And she can go wherever she likes, but she has a particular way she works. She takes shelter in the hearts of those devotees who accept her ingress, um, uh, which, they, which those devotees have actually caught from other devotees. Bhaktiya Sanjataya Bhaktiya, the Bhagavatam says that Bhakti comes from Bhakti. Um, we know that Bhakti, uh, we know from the beginning of the Bhagavatam, that Bhakti is uh, ahituki. It doesn't have a hetu or a cause outside itself. Bhakti is the cause of Bhakti. So we get sadhana bhakti from the bhaktas, primarily from the spiritual master, as we'll see in a little bit. Um, so Bhakti Devi takes shelter in the hearts of those devotees who accept her. And those who are intermediate devotees, madhyama bhaktas, um, who have the kind of discrimination that makes, uh, makes it possible for them to preach. How do they discriminate? Um, according to the Bhagavatam, they uh, relate to the world, they relate to the beings in the world or the beings in their lives, I guess. Oh, excuse me. I'll turn my phone off. Um, um, in four broad categories. So they see the Lord, Ishvare, Tadadine Shu, his folks, the devotees, um, Bali Seshu, the uh, innocent, Bala, Balium has to do with weakness. And um, so those who are innocent, those who are, are innocent of bhakti. And, um, uh, and uh, uh, the, the those who are envious, inimical to the personality of Godhead. And they relate to them in four different ways. Um, and this, uh, so they, they love the Lord. They make friends uh, with the devotees. They're compassionate to the innocent, and they just neglect those who are envious. They don't, they don't have any bandwidth for them. They don't have any time or energy for them. So because of that power of discrimination, it's the Madhima Bhaktas who are best suited for teaching the, the message of the Lord, for bringing bhakti into this world, because they're able to um, discriminate. They're able to uh, get a sense of the receptivity of their audience, and they're going to speak. Uh, they're going to approach them accordingly, deal with them uh, accordingly. So when they see someone who has some affinity for hearing, who has enough faith to stop and hear, they might share a little of their hearts with those people. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, see, uh, see how that goes, I guess. Um, you know, see how that lands in their heart and, uh, and help them how, uh, however they can. So, um, the, so the uh, business of, of uh, teaching uh, the process of bhakti, the sambandha again, the abhideya again, and the prayojana again, the um, nature of the relationships among the living entity, uh, the Lord and the Lord's different other energy and um, energies, and the Lord himself, um, that, um, that is best. Uh, executed by those who are able to make those, those kinds of discriminations. The Kanishta Bhaktas 
are incapable of making those um, such distinctions uh, because their vision is quite narrow. It's it's a kind of a, a religious vision, you know. God lives in my church, or my sangha, um, or my religion, or whatever, and um, he's not so present elsewhere. Bhaktivinoda Thakur had a completely different vision. He said, when I see other people, uh, other people that worship at their mosques or temples or wherever, he says, I think, oh, this is my same Lord being worshipped differently by folks with a different, um, with a different taste. So um, the Madhima Bhaktas are able to make those kinds of distinctions. And, um, <clears throat> and so they share um, their bhakti with us. And, and uh, so that, you know, our, uh, so we get, so we get sadhana bhakti, bhakti from the bhaktas with whom we associate, and especially the spiritual master, as we'll discuss in, in a moment. Um, oh gosh, I just lost my train of thought there for a moment. Um, Oh, and we get Baba Bhakti um, through our practice of sadhana. And then it's Baba Bhakti as we continue to practice in Baba Bhakti, then that um, bud of prema blossoms into the uh, flower, uh, full-blown full blown flower, and then ultimately the fruit um, of prema bhakti. So um, our life is all about the bhaktas. Sometimes we say um, the name uh, when, when, we, you know, when we talk about uh, what we call our religion, our religion is Vaishnavism, which means uh, we worship the Vaishnavas. And, and, and this is why, because they are, it is, the, it is the, the Vaishnavas who share their bhakti with us, um, who, who give us access um, to that uh, temple of bhakti. So once we've understood, once we've um, uh, actually lost um, faith in the material world to some degree, then we may be eligible um, for hearing um, about uh, Krishna's, uh, Krishna, the glories of Krishna's holy name. One of the offenses to be avoided in, in chanting the name is to share those glories with those who don't have the faith to hear, because they're not going to appreciate it. They're just not going to appreciate it, and it may give them uh, it you know, may give them an opportunity to uh, to commit offense. So it all the, great intelligence and discrimination are required um, when we're uh, preaching or teaching or sharing uh, Krishna consciousness, however we um, might think of it. So Sri Guru Padashaya. Once we've understood. Um, the depth of our need, then uh, we seek the shelter um, of a spiritual master. After all, we have something to learn, and the, uh, our faculties for figuring these things out are, are simply inadequate on their own. Uh, our, our mind and senses are incapable of actually um, approaching um, uh, divinity um, without um, some help. We're, sim we're, we're simply um, lame and blind. So uh, we require guidance from someone who, hmm, as, as that uh, verse says, uh, someone who, um, so I can, oh, I know where it is. Um, so we take another look at that verse. Tasmad gurum prapadyeta jigyasu shaya utamaha. Shabde parecha nishnatam brahmanyupashamashraya. So the, the guru uh, should be able to meet some qualifications. Um, and so Shabde parecha nishnatam brahmanyupashamashraya. So this is, they're, they're familiar with the um, well-versed uh, with the science of Krishna, uh, of, of uh, Bhakti Yoga, as it's presented in the Bhagavatam and other scriptures. 
Shabde Parecha Nishmatam. They're uh, they're engaged in 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 that kind of service, and they're immersed um, in the um, in the uh, in the practice. They're immersed themselves in in their own um, bhakti. So um, when we think about these three different angas, these three first angas, there's actually um, a correspondence with the Bhagavad Gita verse in which the necessity of approaching the guru. Um, is uh, is presented by Krishna to Arjuna, and that's the 34th verse of the fourth chapter. That <clears throat> we need to approach uh, a genuine spiritual master um, to get genuine spiritual knowledge. And there are three parts to that approach. Pranipat, Pariprashna, and Seva. So we see these three angas of bhakti as well. Pranipat, pranipat means submission. And uh, Sri Guru Padashaya means taking shelter, submitting ourselves to the shelter of the lotus feet of the guru. Uh, and then diksha, shiksha. Um, diksha and shiksha um, are, is a formalization. Um, and it's, it's uh, characterized by inquiry, especially. We're uh, shown uh, the process for engaging in bhakti yoga, and um, we're given instruction uh, by the guru, it, just how we should um, engage um, in that process. Um, so, uh, and we ask relevant questions in order to uh, refine our understanding of what's being given to us by the guru. And then uh, sevaya. Um, we'll talk about more about that next week. But that's also an essential element of our approach to the spiritual master. Um, Chanakya Pandit says uh, that just as we get uh, water from a well by digging, we get knowledge from the spiritual master by our service. So the, um, when we think about the qualifications of a disciple, then, um, then we see a verse from, uh, I think, the Upanishads. Tad began artam saguru meva chit samit panishokya brahma uh, brahmanishta. Um, so we don't approach the guru hesitatingly, as Srila uh, Sridhar Maharaj says in Sri Guru's Grace, or haphazardly. We don't um, make the approach in a casual way. And the investment that we make in um, our relationship with the guru should not be as uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and Srila Sridhar Maharaj have said, um, you, know, it, you know, we shouldn't be, uh, when we make that approach, we shouldn't be cutting a round trip ticket. So we should be, you know, we, sh you know, we should be all in and um, buy we're buying a one-way ticket. We're, we're staying on the train uh, with the guru um, wherever that um, takes us. So there shouldn't be any hesitation. Um, so this requires that there be careful examination between guru and disciple for some period of time so that the disciple will have the kind of conviction, the kind of faith that's necessary for um, for such a commitment. This is a lifelong commitment. I think I mentioned last time that when I wrote Srila Prabhupada asking for initiation, I mentioned that I had been steady uh, living in the temple and steady at my practice of serving and chanting 16 rounds um, for some time. And my actual re request was that um, he engage me in helping him um, spread Lord Chaitanya's mission for the rest of my life. And so I've been um, trying to follow up on that, trying to honor uh, that sankalpa, that uh, 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 determination um, uh, ever since. So this is, you know, this is um, a serious, serious business. We should approach the guru as Srila Sridhar Maharaj says, with a clear uh, and earnest heart. Um, 
we should we should be sincere in our approach because um as he says describing the verse in the 10th canto or in the sixth canto uh, sixth chapter of the bhagavad gita sincerity is invincible no one who does who, one who does this kind of good my friend krishna says is never lost and Srila sridhar maharaj sums that up in three words sincerity is invincible which is a very powerful thing to um always keep in mind so we make that approach and then um, when, uh, when our faith is strong, that this is the person who can help me. As Srila Sridhar Maharaj has said in one place, uh, which I still haven't been able to find again, um, when I have the conviction that I can't help taking shelter of this person, then we make that approach, then we make that commitment. And this needs to be someone we can approach, someone who can check us out to see if we're actually ready. And can say, someone who can say, oh, no, not yet. You have a little bit more, a little bit more work to do, a little bit more faith um, perhaps to cultivate um, before you're ready to make that commitment because they can um, sense our hearts, kind of sense where we're at. And uh, ultimately we need to be able to sense something of where the guru is at as well, since something of the guru's heart so that we can become um, the right kind of servant. But that's next week's discussion. So um, initiation is actually the process of um, transmitting um, uh, transcendental knowledge, spiritual knowledge to the, um, uh, from the guru to the disciple. Um, in the Bhakti Sandarva, Jiva Goswami writes, Divyam Gyanam Nito Dadyat Kurya Papasi Sankshayam Tasmad Dikshati Saprokta Deshikais Tatpakovidai. That wise people understand initiation as um, the imparting of transcendental knowledge, especially the transcendental knowledge about um, someone again, our, the relationship, as I said. Um, among the living entity uh, and the Lord and the Lord's different energies. And uh, so, so that's a month again. If, we, if you look at um, Srila Jiva Goswami's six Sandarvas, uh, we remember that the first four Sandarvas, the Tattva Sandarva, Paramatma Sandarva, um, Bhagavat Sandarva, and Krishna Sandarva, <coughs> I'll discuss some again. <clears throat> the nature, <clears throat> pardon me, take a sip of my warm beverage here. Um, so, uh, all, though, so there's, there's quite extensive discussion of the nature uh, of the relationship, especially of the relationship between the jiva and 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 the lord and and the jiva and and uh, and the bhakti devi and then the bhakti sandarva the fifth of the sandarvas discusses um abhideya again which is actually the process of activating um that the bhakti that we get um from uh, from the guru and and the uh, vaishnavas and that's uh, so there, when you know, when we say bhakti sandarva, when, when we take a look at the text, we see that he's discussing bhakti as a practice. He's discussing bhakti yoga, and and bhakti as Krishna's internal energy is discussed in the sixth of the of the six sandarvas, the priti sandarva. Priti means affection or love. So that actually discusses the prayojan or the fruit of practicing bhakti yoga, which is Krishna Prema. So, um, so this is, you know, initiation is, um, uh, is really all about uh, the transmission uh, of the science of Bhakti, Bhakti Yoga um, from guru to disciple. And it's done um, through discussion and, and practice. 
Uh, and practice is such an important thing. Sometimes we say practice makes perfect. I, I, tend, I tend not to think of it like that. Um, I tend to think in, in terms of, uh, I think of, tend to think of progress, uh, pro, uh, um, practice in terms of helping us make progress. Uh, uh, you know, practice doesn't uh, make perfect, it makes for progress. And um, trying to remember if I've shared this story with this audience, there's an, an anecdote going around about Maestro Pablo Casals that I've seen for years. And I don't know that we know for sure that um, this is something, uh, uh, an interaction that actually occurred. Pablo Casals, for those who may not remember or may not be aware because he is of a different era now, uh, was in uh, uh, most, of the, you know, most of the late 20th century, he was considered the greatest uh, cellist in the world. I don't really know how you figure that out because there are so many people who play the cello so wonderfully, but Maestro Casals was considered the, the uh, greatest cellist in the world. Most of the last part of the 20th century, maybe even from mid 20th century. And um, he was an elderly man when I was uh, a boy. So um, Maestro Casals was being um, interviewed when he was in his 90s, the story goes. <clears throat> and he mentioned that he spent several hours a day practicing. And by practicing, he explained, I mean running scales and doing exercises. And several hours, it was like something like three hours or four hours a day, several hours a day, practice, actually just practicing, not necessarily playing pieces, but running scales, doing exercises. And this is a gentleman in his 90s with his performing career well in the rearview mirror, way behind him. Um, so the young uh, journalist conducting the interview was a little astounded by this. And she asked him, why is it that you spend so much time practicing at this stage of your life? And Maestro Casal shrugged and said, I think I'm making progress. So my take on, on practice is that it actually may or may not make perfect. Uh, perfection, um, you know, may, be a, an, may or may not be an attainable goal, but it certainly makes for progress, steady practice. Uh, when I um, was teaching uh, college writing, <clears throat> excuse me, which I did for um, over 20 years, I, um, I, you know, I would just make it really clear to, to my students that what we're talking about here is a skill. Like any skill, some people uh, seem to be born with a greater facility for it than others. Um, I could never play, uh, I could never play guitar like Eric Clapton or Stevie Ray Vaughan or B.B. King or anybody like that. Um, I could never play basketball like Michael Jordan or LeBron James or uh, whoever the big NBA stars are nowadays, Steph Curry. Um, but if I go out, if you know, if I go out and do what they do, what they actually did, I'll spend some time on a court every day, then I'm I'm naturally going to get a little better at it over time. Um, so I'll make some progress in being able to play um, basketball or being able to play guitar. So I would ask my students, let's say this is a skill, and some of us may bring some kind some greater natural facility to this but it's really all about regular practice. And I would ask him, when you were a kid, uh, let me see the hands of those of, of you who took music lessons. Hands would go up and then I would ask him, what, what instrument, piano, violin, guitar, whatever, ukulele here in the islands. <clears throat> and, and I would ask him, how often did you have to practice when you were a kid? And the answer was every day, because that's how we do it every day. So the guru gives us um, this everyday practice of bhakti yoga, which uh, facilitates our spiritual progress, kram bikram, step by step, day by day. 
Um, and um, we may or may not notice the kind of progress that we're making. We can check every once in a while, a little introspection helps. But what, you know, what we need to see is that we are actually making pro progress and that progress is mentioned, uh, how that progress is, that it may be measured is also mentioned early in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam. Bhakti Pareshana Pabhubhiraktiram Netrachai. This, this verse, um, one of the sages explains to King Nimi that uh, I always think of this as how, how do I know if I'm making progress in my bhakti? So bhakti padeshano bhavo virakti, three things happen simultaneously and progressively as we engage in bhakti. Uh, the bhakti itself, some, some direct experience of the Lord, and then because of that, detachment from everything else. And um, the sage uh, compares it to eating a meal. How do we know if we're actually eating lunch? Three things will happen simultaneously and progressively as we eat. Tushti, pushti, kshudapaya. So tushti is pleasure. Pushti, um, nourishment. And kshudapaya, relief from hunger. And these three correspond with the three mm, symptoms of, of progress in bhakti. And so Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur discussing that verse explains that, um, that actually um, the progress in bhakti begins from the very first day of worshiping the Lord. And so he says, um, uh, those, just as someone who uh, eats um, a little bit gets a little nourishment, someone who eats a lot gets full nourishment. So someone who eat, uh, worships a little gets a little bhakti, a little experience of the Lord, and then a little detachment from other things because he's satiated or she satiated by their service to the Lord. So they don't, uh, they're not crazy, going crazy looking um, for other things. So the guru helps us through this process. And we see in Maturya Kadambani that especially early on, there are bumps along the way. There are some um, things that, you know, things that we need to watch out for at the beginning of uh, uh, Bhajana Kriya um, so that we can actually make progress, actually move through the stage of giving up anarthas or false values. Anartha, artha means, has, has to do with value. And so an anartha means um, a false value. This means we're investing um, our spiritual capital, our time, our energy, our life air in something that's not going to give us uh, the return we uh, would hope for. But material life is very good at disappointing us. So, um, So the guru's, the guru's business, the guru's relationship with, the, with the, the shisha, with the student, is to help him or her um, th through those bumpy parts uh, of bhajana kriya and anartha nivritti. Um, and one of, I, I, you know, I've always thought one of the reasons Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur wrote a book like Madhurya Kadambani was it so that we would recognize that this, these things are normal, that uh, we might get a little full of ourselves at the very beginning and think we're experiencing things, we've gone places um, that we actually haven't, um, that we might find ourselves uh, running hot and cold in our practice, some days uh, more excited about our practice than others. That's natural. Take note of it, but don't be discouraged by those things be encouraged that you, we notice them so that we can kind of keep going, keep um, plugging, I guess, as we say. There, I remember uh, when I would read newspapers regularly, there was a, uh, uh, a comic strip called, I think it was called Pluggers. And it was about people just kind of getting through life. So if, we, if we're steady, we, even though we may not do something spectacular, 
um, for much of our, uh, our, 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 our life in bhakti in a particular lifetime. It may seem that we've been practicing for many years and we haven't like opened 108 temples or um, whatever, distributed a bazillion books or something. But it's that steady progress, one step at a time, that actually makes it, makes it possible for us to eventually um, uh, move to, uh, through um, uh, through to nishta and beyond that uh, to ruchi and asakti, uh, which bring us into bhava bhakti. So uh, and, and so the relationship between the guru and, and the shishya. Um, is all about that, all about helping the shishya make actual progress in, in the practice of bhakti yoga. I think I mentioned this last time as well. Um, we, uh, there's a famous story, I think Guru Maharaj Shula, Tripurari Maharaj was, was undoubtedly there uh, in Atlanta when this happened. This was in uh, winter, late winter, maybe of, of seven, late, late winter of 75, February and March of 75, Srila Prabhupada went on a whirlwind tour um, of the West um, just before Gaur Purnima. And the last stop was Atlanta. And he'd been going all these different places. Uh, uh, I think he went to Los Angeles, Mexico City, Caracas, Miami Beach, and then um, to Atlanta. And in Atlanta, all the bus parties, the bus parties that were distributing books, the library party and the BBT parties, all their bus, all the devotees from those bus parties uh, were there in Atlanta. And one of them asked Srila Prabhupada, Prabhupada, what would please you the most? Prabhupada's response was, oh, it was um, war, wonderful and disarming and encouraging. And he said, what would please him most if you love Krishna? So the guru's strongest desire is that the disciples make progress um, in their practice. So um, the guru will teach um, each disciple according to their need and their ability, um, what is uh, best for them um, in their practice. And this becomes, this should, you know, this. It can be an individual thing. Sometimes if a guru has many disciples, then it's, it's uh, uh, something like God brothers or senior disciples who actually uh, do the kind of hands-on day-to-day training. Um, but um, the responsibility uh, is, is the guru's. And the disciple's responsibility is to be attentive to those instructions. Srila Prabhupada, uh, writes in, in a Bhagavad Gita purport, Vyavasayatmika uh, Buddhi verse, that um, the instructions of the spiritual master, he's, and here he's um, paraphrasing Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, saying that, um, the, that, that this one-pointedness comes from following the specific instructions given to the disciple by the guru. This is how you engage in your practice. And so, um, so, uh, oh, so Srila Prabhupada says that the, um, the disciples should see the, that those instructions of the spiritual master are his, the, the, his or her greatest treasure. And I mean, those of us who had meetings with our gurus and gotten um, direct instruction from our gurus or um, I, either in, in personal meetings or, in, or, in, or through correspondence. And I got a little of both um, from, from my own um, beloved spiritual master, his divine grace, Srila Prabhupada, a little bit. And those things are um, um, uh, a, great, uh, a great treasure. Um, so this, uh, and uh, we hear from the Upanishads that uh, that's the central role that the guru plays. That we should see the guru um, as our um, as our life and soul. Um, uh, uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, where this is referred, to, where this is uh, mentioned in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, 
see if I can, okay. I can find that again. Um, that the, the guru should be seen, you know, as our worshipable deity and um, as dear to us as our very self. Um, and what kind of faith should we have in the spiritual master? This is why the, the uh, cautious period of, of, of uh, mutual examination between guru and shishya should take place. Um, because uh, the Shvetasvatara Upanishad tells us that the key to actually understanding all the imports of Vedic knowledge is to have uh, the same kind of faith in the Guru that we have in the Lord Himself. Um, to such Mahatmas as have the identical faith in the guru that uh, as they have in the Lord, to such Mahatmas, um, the, all the Vedic knowledge reveals itself, prakashante, it shows itself. This is after all, uh, bhakti yoga is after all a descending process. Bhakti comes to us. Um, Krishna comes to us through the agency um, of the spiritual master. Uh, the spiritual master is described in the Shastras as the external manifestation um, of the super soul. So we sometimes like to think that the ideas we get are inspired by the super soul. Oh, the super soul told me to do this, super soul told me to do that. Maybe, but we can be more certain of something like that um, if we check that with his external manifestation, who can tell us probably that might not be the best approach. Maybe you should do it, uh, tweak it a little bit, do it something more like this. Um, so that kind of guidance we always, always need. Uh, Srila Sridhar Maharaj says, uh, we're students forever. So we are eternally dependent um, on the grace, uh, the divine grace um, of, uh, of the spiritual master. So we take shelter, of the spiritual master and we make a commitment um, to um, receiving instructions um, uh, from the spiritual master how to engage in bhakti yoga and then next week we'll talk more about the nature uh, of the service uh, that can be offered to the guru but i'll stop here and see if there is any discussion among our intimate little group today Oh, does that mean I can unmute people? Everyone can unmute themselves, Mahadesh. Oh, okay, cool. I don't have to worry about that thing. Uh, anything? Madhavan Ki Jai. Jai. Sham, birthday boy. I had a comment. Let's uh, see if. Because I learned something about uh, Buddhism recently that was surprising to me. Uh, see if I find that. There's a there's a, a Buddhist uh, sutta called the Upada Sutta. Have you heard of that? The Upada Sutta. Yeah. No. Wow. <laughs> It talks about uh, something called in Buddhism Kalyana Mittata, like a Mitta, like Mitra, mm -hmm. like an auspicious friendship. Mm -hmm. So that there is a a disciple of the Buddha who, who tells him that, like he, he's trying to glorify this this idea of friendship, um, like Sadhusanga, really, and and he says like like this is half of the path. Mm. And, and the Buddha tells him, no, don't say that. It's, it's, it's all of the path. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, Upada Sutta? Yeah. I can send the link. Oh, that would be, yeah, I would love that. I would, yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, 
I have a little bit different relationship with Buddhists than a lot of devotees do. Um, for, for a lot of devotees, Buddhists are, you know, because they see uh, Buddhism as some sort of monolith, and, and it's anything but that. Houston Smith has written about, written, wrote many years ago that um, there are so many sects of Buddhism uh, with so much, such different ideas, and some of them are at each other's throats. It sounds even worse than Gaudiya Vaishnavas are, <laughs> really. But um, I have some appreciation for what Buddhism does have to offer because I have, um, well, I have a number of Buddhists in, close in my family. My brother and sister, um, my brother is a, a Zen teacher. My sister practiced Vipassana meditation for many years, uh, most intensively toward the end of her life when she was diagnosed with uh, ALS, Fugarich's disease. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a couple of cousins who are, who are Buddhist as well. So, I, you know, as far as it goes, I think, you know, I think it's good for us to um, acknowledge, um, you know, the, the um, value uh, of the Buddhist teachings. I mean, after all, what are the, the Four Noble Truths? We suffer, there's a reason for our suffering, there's a way out, and here it is. And so, okay, so he's only concerned with that cessation of suffering. He doesn't have... He doesn't, there isn't, he doesn't, there isn't the bandwidth in, in the suffering, you know, in people suffering so intensely necessarily to deal with whether there's a soul, whether there's God. So he just says, listen, we don't talk about that. First thing is we suffer. There is a way out. Um, and, and so let's do that. Let's first of all become free. Then maybe we've got something to talk about. Just like the Bhagavatam says, this is a, this, this is a, a conversation for people who are free. But, um, Nirmatsaranam um, Satam, right? People who are completely, their hearts are pure because they're completely free of envy. They have no self-interest. They don't have any faith in the material world anymore. They've already done what the Bhagavad Gita says to do. Right? The Bhagavatam picks up, as Guru Maharaj likes to point out, um, the Bhagavatam picks up in the next step and says, okay, for those who have done this, who've already completely rejected, Dharma Praujita Kartava, same thing as as Sarva Dharma and Paritya, completely rejecting um, all kinds of self-interested activity, including um, apparently spiritual activity. So as far as it goes, I, you know, I have a lot of respect um, for people who are actually practicing uh, the Buddha's Dharma, um, and uh, you know, I like to hear from them. There are a couple of teachers who I occasionally will listen to their their Dharma talks or Dhamma talks, depending on how they're influenced. Um, if they're, you know, they're, if they're more Pali, as Hridayan, I've heard Hridayananda Maharaj say, Pali is like Sanskrit with a uh, Bronx accent or Brooklyn accent or something like that. So instead of Dharma, it's Dhamma. Instead of uh, Maitri, it's, you know, instead of Mitra, it's Mitta. So, um, so anyway, so Anyway, so I, I actually enjoy those. So I, I will be happy to see that. That's, that's quite an amazing um, quotation. That's also something, though, that sometimes can be, that has been um, abused among Buddhists, just as the position of guru might be uh, abused among immature Vaishnavas as well. Um, and there's a lot of people who've had bad experience with, like, you know, so, some sort of, like, uh, Guru Dharma, and because because of some of the, of the abuse that they that uh, that they either experienced themselves or seen in um, in their brothers and sisters, that's a wonderful quotation. Thank you. That's a wonderful. You're giving in charity on your birthday, showing us how to do it. Thank you. Uh, is there anything else? Hi Krishna, Pranavas. Um, oh, Krishna, I got. I'd like to ask um, a question about um, the guru. Well, my I had some god brothers and sisters who left Krishna consciousness. Mm. And so I was wondering if you could say a few words about that in relation with the guru. And um, because mm. the ones I'm thinking of in particular had a lot of association with our guru because I was part of that as well. And just some um, thoughts about that and maybe some ways to support them. Um, because we have this relationship and then all of a sudden they are not, you know, 
practicing anymore. And um, I, I just don't feel right about not having some kind of relationship with them. Oh, I appreciate that um, so much. I mean, I also have friends who, um, uh, you know, who aren't practicing, and that's how I prefer to think of them. Um, uh, Narda Muni des describes this um, desisting from the practice of bhakti yoga in the fifth chapter of the first canto uh, of the Bhagavatam. And in the, the 19th, I don't remember the Sanskrit, but the gist of the verse is that, um, well, he's contrasting with what he said, this is the 19th verse, so he's contrasting bhakti with everything else, which he mentioned in the two verses before, in the 17th verse, where he says that, you know, even if you engage in the other, uh, other practices perfectly and are able to uh, attain um, some goal th um, through those practices, uh, they're temporary. I mean, whatever you attain, uh, is it's temporary because it's not doesn't have to do with our essential uh, nature as jivas, and so um, he says. But bhakti is not like that. And then he says in the nineteenth verse that even if we fall away from the practice of bhakti somehow or other, this we're never lost because um, we'll they'll always remember the taste that they got from that service of the Lord. And the, the, the phrase that's used in the verse for this is rasagraha. And so Srila Prabhupada, I, I, I recommend that everybody read this, uh, this verse and Srila Prabhupada's purport. And if they have access to it, uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's commentary from which Srila Prabhupada strongly draws, uh, especially in the first part of, of his uh, purport on the verse. Um, Srila Prabhupada says, if they fall away because of bad association, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says, uh, due to poor determination, I think the two are closely linked. Um, our association um, can either weaken or strengthen our determination in our, in our practice. Um, just as the example that's given, I think, in Hardy Bhakti Sudhodaya uh, of the crystal, it takes on the color of its environment. So the, uh, the uh, jiva being Tatasta Shakti is very strongly influenced um, by um, the environment in which we keep ourselves. So someone falls away, they're not lost. Srila Prabhupada makes it really clear in his purport that these, they, don't be, they don't return to the world of karma. It might appear so. They might be trying very hard to imp imitate the karmis or the jnanis. Um, so my practice uh, with these devotees is just to be their friend just to love them. And, um, and, you know, if there's anything going on in my heart, let myself be an example um, of the authenticity of what it was we experienced back in those days. This was a real thing. And they remember that. They, re they you know, I mean, they remember that. And, you, and, and may, sometimes when the right kind of conversation comes up, their hearts go right back there. Because Rasagraha uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur uh, tells us the literal meaning of rasagraha. Graha means haunted. Mm. So he says that once we uh, begin the practice of bhakti, we, be we are haunted by bhakti. He says rasagraha means haunted as if by a ghost you can't shake. Mm -hmm. In other words, we're done. Bhakti Devi, the most powerful force of all, has has, has taken over has has entered our hearts and she will take our hearts over if she can control krishna all of our material desires all our misgivings um all the wounds that we might have acquired um, um through our immature practice or and and our interaction with other immature devotees all those things are nothing compared to the power of bhakti devi so we, you know, my practice has just been just to share my friendships, to share my love with those devotees, let them know that, that uh, I accept them, that I don't, you know, who am I to judge anybody? I mean, look at me, I've been practicing for 52 years and I'm still where, wherever the heck I am, you know? Um, some people find that inspiring, um, but, uh, you know, I know, 
quite clearly where I am because I've also learned over the last 52 years to be introspective. So who am I to judge them? You know, they're, they're experiencing, um, their experience is just as it needs to be. And the, you know, the best thing we can do to encourage them is to just sort of non-judgmentally accept them. It's, uh, I mean, it's like, fam you know, we've got our weird uncles at Thanksgiving, you know, and we don't love them the less, even though, though we might have shouted at them when they start talking politics at the Thanksgiving table or something like that. But, you know, we still, we still love them. It's still my uncle. Um, so, um, so it's the same, you know, it's the same with our, our brothers and sisters who have given up their practice that that's temporary. Oh, I have another anecdote, um, a story that I love to share. Um, and he won't mind my using his name because he's told this story himself. Uh, I have a senior godbrother uh, named Aniruta. Um, he's from New York. He was from New York. And um, I think he joined in New York City in 1968. And um, he had trouble. He had trouble uh, being steady in his practice uh, because of the demands of his senses. And um, so when Srila Prabhupada came here in the summer of 1974, um, I was sitting in the lounge at the airport with him. Uh, Satsarup Maharaja was reading newspaper clippings about the Krishna consciousness movement from around the world. And all of a sudden Srila Prabhupada stopped, looked up and he said, I hear Aniruddha is here in Hawaii, but he hasn't come to see me. What is wrong? And so someone said, oh, well, you know, he's not doing very well. He's probably just embarrassed. And then another devotee said, well, actually, because there, there was a small group of us sitting with Srila Prabhupada inside, and the rest of the devotees stayed outside and kept a kirtan going uh, on the sidewalk outside the terminal. That's, this was back in the days when, you know, you could actually hang out at the gate with the person who was flying, right? This is before 9-11. So... Um, and one of the devotees said, well, Anirud is outside with the kirtan part. He's actually here, but he's, he's probably just too embarrassed to come see you, Srila Prabhupada. And Prabhupada said, he may come in. There's no difficulty. So somebody went out to tell Anirud, Srila Prabhupada, they asking for him. Anirud desisted. And so the devotee came back and said, well, he's not feeling very inclined. And Prabhupada like, became very stern. You do not understand. He may come inside. There is no difficulty. So they went back out and told him, Prabhupada really wants you in there right now. <laughs> so Aniruddha came in and he was, you know, he had three, four inches of curly hair. He had a, a, an ear, a, a stud in his left earlobe. He was wearing a t-shirt and cut off jeans and uh, flip flops. And uh, he approached Srila Prabhupada, bowed his head, folded his hands in pranams. And Srila Prabhupada looked at him and he said, so Aniruddha? How are you doing? Aniruddha blushed and he said, actually, Prabhupada, not so good. And then Prabhupada insisted that he sit down next to him on the seats. We were all on the floor. Um, Prabhupada was sitting up in the seats and he insisted that Aniruddha sit down next to him on the seats. Took a little doing and Aniruddha finally agreed. They exchanged maybe two minutes, three minutes of small talk. And then Srila Prabhupada turned and looked at us and he said, in Los Angeles temple, he is the beginning. And I had made friends, my wife and I had made friends with Aniruddha uh, while he was there. Uh, we would sometimes just, I mean, we would talk to him when he came to the temple. And uh, sometimes we would run, in, run into him at, when we would go to the beach. And so we would just sometimes hang out with Aniruddha for a couple hours and he would just tell us all kinds of cool Prabhupada stories. And so we had become friends with him and we knew where his heart was, even though uh, he may not be steady in his practice right at the time. And then Prabhupada looked at us and he said, in Los Angeles temple, he is the beginning. And if that didn't clear any misgivings anybody had about Aniruddha's position, what was, was, what was important was not the difficulty that he was having at this time, but that he, that he had done something for Guru and Goranga. That was the essential thing. That's what Srila Prabhupada saw. And Prabhupada was aware of the other things. Um, and all he wanted to do was encourage. So, you know, and so we can, I think we can best encourage such friends, such uh, sisters and brothers, uh, just by, re I, I think, remaining friends. 
Now, if their association becomes a little troublesome, then sometimes we might want to create um, some distance for a while. But you know, to the extent that it works um, uh, in, in everybody's favor, um, I, I think that my general rule is, you know, just be the friend that you've always been, if, 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 not, a, if not a better friend now, um, because we should be more mature. And the devotees, you know, the devotees appreciate that. You know, they, you know, oh, you're not preaching to them. You're not, or you're not judging. You're not looking down your nose at them or anything like that. You're just their friend. And you know, if things, if the, if the conversation takes a weird turn, and all of a sudden you've got something to do, right? You know, excuse yeah. yourself. Does that help? Yes, yeah, very helpful. Thank you. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. It's a wonderful question. Anything else? Okay, well, the Panchatattva are beckoning me. I'm late for this part of the morning program. So if uh, there's no further discussion, I will excuse myself uh, with great gratitude. And so next week we'll come back and we'll discuss the third Anga of Vaiti Sadhana Bhakti, which is Vishram Pena Guru Seva. So um, I've written about this. This is something that I uh, care about. So I, I hope that that will be also be um, somewhat useful discussion. Thank you so much. A special thanks to Sakirati and Sham for um, taking over the hosting for this old person. Sripad Bhakti Abhay Ashram Maharaj Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai. Hare Krishna.